Hello and welcome to the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast. I'm Mel Luizu and together with my guests, we explore all different aspects of leadership in higher education. With inspiring stories, practical tips and a little bit of fishiness, this show will help you dive deep into the leader you are and climb high, unleashing your power and potential. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't. Before we get started, have you ever wondered what it would be like to work with a coach on a one-to-one basis? As a master NLP business coach, I work with a variety of people, helping them to articulate and achieve their goals. Research shows that working with a coach is one of the most effective ways to improve your performance at work. Interested? Then why not book in a chat with me using the Calendly link in the show notes. Together, we will dive deep and climb high. Today, we're going to be diving deep into the world of sound. Now, prior to 2022, I would never have described myself as musical, but that's all changed. Last year, through a series of bizarre and unplanned events, I realized that I could make music. Not only that, but I started to understand the profound impact sound can have on people. As a result, I qualified as a sound therapist And the magical journey that I've been on is due in no small part to my guest today. She is an awesome human being, as well as being my teacher, mentor and friend when it comes to sound healing. She has her own internationally certified sound healing academy and she has lived and taught all over the world. Buckle in, people because this is gonna be a fascinating conversation as we explore the power of sound. Please welcome the totally fantastic Charlie Christie. (laughs) Thank you, Mel. (laughs) My face hurts from smiling for that intro. Gosh, can you just be here every day for me? Like whenever I walk in a room, this is... (laughs) Well, I would. But unfortunately, I'm here in the UK and you're over there in Dubai now. So I can't do that. But you can play it whenever you want. Yeah, I'll record you and I'll play it every time I walk into a room. (laughs) Fabulous. Honestly, you took me on such a journey last year. And even before that, when I used to come to your classes when you were based here in in the UK. And I would never have thought that I'd be in the place now where I am with understanding sound and what it can do for us. So perhaps the best place to start would be for you to give people a little insight into your journey with sound and how you've ended up in this amazing space that you now are in. Thank you. Um, Gosh, it's always a really nice question this because I feel like it, it kind of humbles me in a way that it just reminds me how of my journey you know and how it all kind of really started evolving for me and I just love and appreciate everything that I've been able to do in my life up to this point so when I was younger I was a professional dancer I grew up and I was dancing until my 20s when I got injured 
Um, I also grew up in a bit of a healing family. My mum uh, was a Reiki uh, master that she taught me Reiki when I was 15. Um, my dad was also a professional opera singer and then turned into a civil engineer. So civil engineering opera singer. I grew up with music in my life. He plays instruments as well, um, as well as my dancing professionally. Um, and then my mum with the healing aspect and that creativity there. And also that entrepreneurial spirit was also in the family because my mum always had some kind of little side hustle going on too. So, and all my mum's side of the family always worked for themselves. So all of those kind of elements in hindsight, I think have really contributed to where I am today. So in my twenties, when I got injured, I had to get a normal job and a series of events led me over to the Middle East about 10 years ago and that's where I discovered sound healing. Um, whilst I was in the corporate job that I was doing, it was all operations management and things, my, my lower back injury that I had experienced in my 20s from dancing kind of resurfaced and it really gave me no choice but to be in my body but in a very painful way. I also used to suffer really badly with IBS um, and if anyone of your listeners has ever <laughs> experienced that, you know it's not a pleasant experience. And again, something putting me in my body. So it was a real kind of like mind-body connection. And that, that's when I discovered sound healing. And I used to go to about three to five sessions a week because after the first session, I was like, something's happened. Something's happened to me in one session. And I was like, what, what if I do it more? So I used to follow the ladies around everywhere that they were going and I'd just be in, in the sessions. And over the time I discovered the emotions that I was storing in my body, that sound was kind of like bringing up to the surface for me, that sound healing and whether it, the bowls were on my body or if they were around me in a group session or one-to-one session, I was seeing the benefits instantly. And at that time being in the corporate job, I was working 12 to 14 hour days, which was very intense and it helped with my mental clarity. You know, even if I wasn't feeling ill, my back was bad, it was, you know, that mental clarity that gave me that capacity to be able to approach work in a very different way as well, which was hugely beneficial at the time. Um, and then just over time, you know, my, my back was so bad at one point throughout all of this that I could hardly get out of bed on my own. And um, God help me if I was sitting on the floor, I'd be like a flapping fish out of water, if you like. Um, trying just flapping around on the floor trying to figure out a way to stand up like to look like a normal human being um but yeah it was it was all very challenging and ever since discovering sound healing i uh, ibs has gone i never experienced ibs ever since my low backs i'm doing more stuff now than what i was doing before um whilst i was a professional dancer with my body physically exercise wise um, because it's also helped me understand my body and the way my mind works and the way that i store emotion in my body so it's just being a massive compliment, like all over on every single layer. And then that's when I knew that I had to do it. I'd already been taught Reiki when I was 15. Um, I, I couldn't dance professionally anymore. So uh, I became a yoga instructor and I started like qualifying in things that I knew that I could do anywhere in the world, that I could transfer anywhere. Um, spiritual hypnotherapy, you know, all of, there were so many other kind of like strings to my bow that I was adding. And then all of a sudden, after a business experience in the Middle East the first time, I left for, for a little bit and I decided I'm only ever gonna work for myself. I never ever want to work for anybody else. And that's when I created Time with Charlie. Um, I actually started a HYM, Healing Yoga Meditation, and then travel to so the THYME, Travel Healing Yoga Meditation Evolve, because that's eventually where my business went. So. Um, I had lots of people ask me if I teach what I do, um, and I thought I was only going to teach one course. 
five years later, I don't know how many courses later, but over 130 practitioners later, I'm still going. I now have instructors that teach for me uh, around the world as well. And it's only getting more and more, people are more and more ready for this kind of therapy, if you like, this, this modality. Um, and it's just expanding and growing and growing and I'm absolutely loving it. <laughs> and I am one of those 130 practitioners. <laughs> so I think it would be good to at this point say that the sound therapy that you do is with Tibetan singing bowls. I think it would just, I know having done your course that you are as passionate about the, the healing, but also the science behind it so I just could you share a little bit of that because I I know that there is one phrase that I now use to explain (laughs) to people why this is so powerful so yeah you know for those people that that don't know anything about it what actually is sound therapy and healing so everyone that you meet and any practitioner or someone who's teaching this will, will come across a little bit different. So I'll tell how I come across and the way that I teach and the way I work in my practice as well, my professional practice and day to day. So sound is one element, healing is another. And it's actually the combination of the two, bringing them into harmony with each other that makes it what it is. It makes it as effective as what it is. But on that basis, like you said, sound is measurable. Sound can be very scientific and it, it is something that's been around, you know, we're born with our voice, which is a sound. That's the first thing that, you know, the doctors slap our bums and want to hear is the baby screaming, you know, to get that sound out. So we already have that sound and we start learning about the world through sound and through our senses as well. But sound is very, very much measurable. Healing is measurable too. There's becoming a lot more kind of uh, research scientifically based on the healing elements as well. And like, how does that work with the vibrations and with the energy that comes into that as well? Um, But if everybody will have a visual of this, and I think this is the saying that you're encouraging me to say, that, and it, it's true, it's, it's a very powerful visual of it, that everyone knows a body of water, right? It's still a body of water. So whether it's a bath or a lake or wherever you are, it's still a body of water. You pick up a pebble, you drop the pebble in the water and you see the ripples going out, the concentric circles that are going out from, from the ripples. And then all of a sudden the water just settles back down to stillness again. So whatever instrument you're using, so because I use primarily the uh, Tibetan Himalayan bowls, the bowl is the water, the strike of the mallet on the bowl is the pe- is like the impact of the pebble hitting the water and then the vibrations that are coming from the bowl are like those concentric circles that are coming from the pebble hitting the water. And that is essentially what's going on through our body because we are, depending on what Google search you read, 70% water, that the vibration that is either on the body around the body is going through you like the ripples moving through the water until everything comes back to harmony and stillness again so if there's any kind of like matter as as energy matter or any kind of like emotional thoughts or um physical everything in the mind if anything's bothering you it's like if something's stuck it starts vibrating 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 until it comes back to this really nice kind of like settled harmony place again which is is awesome so and it's like i also say as well it's like you know sifting through the sand to find those gold nuggets so that kind of like that gold nugget is that harmony that stillness to bring everything back into balance you might have a question that you've been trying to figure out whether it's work or personal related that all of a sudden in the sound healing session just something happens and it's like ah there it is that's the answer that's what i need to do you know what i mean and you know because i know you've experienced this yourself just as i have 
you know it can be something as simple it almost provides a form of escapism for you to just let go of something and as most people will know that when you let go of something something else comes or something makes sense and you see it from a different viewpoint that it's just that clarity that comes which is amazing it's priceless yeah absolutely and we were chatting before we hit the record button this morning that for a lot of people um sound healing sound therapy is a deep form of of meditation and lots and lots of people say that you know they either can meditate or that their brain just whirs and whirs and whirs and just being at the beginning of exploring what this can do with the people that that I have worked with I think there are two things that have struck me one is that there are no words needed so literally you know come in lay down you know have have an hour to yourself you know, you're not putting anything into your body. You're not you're not asking people to talk to you in any way. Just come down and have an hour for yourself. And how precious is that in the busy lives that we all lead? But also what I've found, and I've offered this to people that have never experienced it before, is that it seems no matter how resistant somebody may be, that actually that sound has a way of circumnavigating all of that. And I am yet to find somebody that at the end of it has said, well, I I didn't get anything from that. You know, even if it's just, oh, my God, I've never felt so relaxed or whatever. I've never yet had somebody. And I'm sure at some point I may find somebody like that. But that is fascinating to me. So could you share some of the experiences that people that you have worked with have had? Yeah, sure. I love this question too, Mel, because there's a lot of people that when they hear the word healing, they automatically, I mean, in the past they have, think that you're going to turn them into some kind of hippie. And that's not the case. That's just, you know, you go to a doctor, a doctor is a healer, really, you know, in in a GP practice or something. So you're being healed through the medicine that you're taking from the doctor, you know, so this is just a natural form of medicine, just the same as a lot of people try and heal themselves naturally through food or the other kind of supplements that aren't medical in that sense but everybody is so different everybody's got something different happening in their lives whether it's something happening at work in their personal lives with their health with their finances whatever it is even nearly 10 years into my practice i get people coming in in through my doors that's just completely different to somebody else that i have and even if it's the same person they're still experiencing life in a different way that it's helping me understand what i need to do for that person as well so it's a much more holistic approach to to the way that we work that, oh gosh, what can I use as an example? Um, I've got CEO, clients of CEOs that come to me for their sessions. And there's actually a lot of CEOs all over the world. And, you know, even like people like Steve Jobs that were meditating and bringing meditation into their life. And there's something about um, a deep kind of trance-like state that we go into, that we take these people into, into these meditations, we're guiding them down. And that's part of what, you know, with the courses that you did, that we're understanding the theory of the mind. And that has been around for, for you know, decades, theory of the mind. It's a hypnotherapy technique that that's how it's kind of all built from. So when you can just help, in, and again, getting people into that kind of like, is it like a fight or flight, but in the brainwave sense, not in the nervous system, like your brainwaves, I feel that's how I understand and how I look at it in my practice is that there is a bit of like a fight that we can do with the brainwaves, like we're operating at such a, a, a point most of our lives, especially people like CEOs, it doesn't have to be CEOs, it can be anybody, especially people who are very much in their heads. 
that they're operating so up here all the time that they find it really hard to relax. Insomniacs are a really great example of that. That's why they can't sleep. So, you know, to be able to use your words, and again, it doesn't, you don't even have to guide them. You just start using the bowls and all of a sudden people are just, everybody has the ability to be affected by the healing power of sound, whatever that form that comes in. You know whatever mood that you're feeling in, whether you're happy, excited, feeling a bit sad, or you know something like that, you might go and put music on that reflects the mood that you're in. And you're already, it's something that's quite emotive for you that you're feeling into that, that's helping support your emotional state as well. You know, so there's, there's so many different ways that it can go, but the word healing means whatever it wants for you. It doesn't have to be spiritual. It doesn't have to be far out there, you know, that you're going to turn into a hippie and be like peace and love when you, as soon as you walk out. You might be, which is great, <laughs> but that's not the aim of it. The aim of these sessions is to just be. There's nothing else that is required of you. It's just to be in your body in that moment. And one of my favorite sayings is be where your feet are. Where are your feet right now? Mine are here right now underneath me. Ah, I'm here. Straight away, it's almost like a group into yourself. It's like this, like, I can't be anywhere else right now. This is where I am. And I think when you can help people realize that, it helps them be in that moment. And then whatever comes from the sounds of the bowls, again, a lot of how I teach is the intention of the practitioner as well, because thoughts are a frequency just the same as the bowls are a frequency. So if your intention is aligning with what you put with your instruments in front of you, you will help people get there even quicker. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the benefits aren't just limited. I could go through so many benefits in this time that we've got, but then just not limited to that. They just keep going on and on and on, on and on. Yeah. Totally. And for me, I think, obviously, you know, before last year, I was coming to your sessions. And sometimes my intentions were, I just, I just want to relax. And that's what I did. But I remember this one particular time, I had a proposal that I needed to do for a client. And I was like, I just couldn't get it. I couldn't get it. And so my intention when I laid down was right, I want to nail this proposal. And it felt like my brain was whirring the whole time. But at the end of that hour, I woke up because I was in a deep trance. I wasn't asleep. I definitely wasn't asleep. I probably <laughs> was. But I woke up and I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to do now. And, you know, the next day I got up and I, I wrote that proposal in half an hour. And I think that that's the thing. So, you know, this podcast is about leadership. Why is sound important? Well, I think it can create that deep meditation. So, you know, just from a well-being perspective. But so I think, and we were talking about this earlier, having a play with this to see, actually, if I set an intention about work and give in to the sound, can that help me? Because as you quite rightly said, I think as leaders, we can, and busy business people, whatever we're doing, we are so used to being in our heads. You know, our head is, we need to solve it. And that's how we do it. But actually, that's why meditation is so important. All the research is out there that actually, if you calm yourself, mm -hmm. then then actually you allow the ideas and the thoughts to come in. Totally. And, you know, the brain has only got a 24 hour capacity span, it needs sleep or meditation to help renew itself. Mm. So 
those two things are so closely linked because of the brainwave state that you go into in sleep is similar to the brainwave state that you go into in a trance-like state. So you can repair that 24 hours. That's why some CEOs that you might know and see, and I know, I know some CEOs and heads of businesses and stuff here and all over the world that I've worked with, that they sometimes take 10 minutes out of their day and just go and sit in the corner of like a meeting room on the floor just to have 10 minutes, just to either listen to something or just completely switch off. And it, it does reset their brain in such a way that they feel like they can come back into whatever the stressful environment, especially end of months and end of, you know, year kind of time. That's when I really hear that they're, they're using those techniques, you know. But I think it's really important for me just to finish off what I was saying there, that the word healing, there is so much spiritual jargon out there that sometimes I don't even know. And I have to Google stuff of what, what people are saying that I think that can really overwhelm people and it puts people off. And there is a something I call a spiritual ego with a lot of, of people out there and a lot of practitioners, which again, there's nothing wrong with it. That's their practice and that's what they need to do. And that's why they're here for their life purpose. But, you know, I think there is a big misconception that when you go to these sessions, that it can be something that's really, you know, far out, which it can be. Again, it's, it's completely up to the person of how they're receiving. And this is why you work with certain practitioners and why you don't work with others, you know, so it is whatever you need it to be for you in your life and just how you said and it's also not a bad thing if people fall asleep if they need to fall asleep they've got to listen to their body it means their body needs a bit of a rest so again no right or wrong in this practice it's again just about being just be where your feet are and whatever comes comes yeah and it just on that that sleep well we both said this isn't it i mean and it is interesting how we go but we both had people that have got to the end of the hour session or however long it's been and said well I didn't fall asleep (laughs) (laughs) I think I heard you snoring I know you're asleep if it it, it serves you to think I didn't fall asleep (laughs) then you didn't and that's the beauty of this is that it happens without you even knowing it all you have to give up is some time for yourself to lay down be comfortable and just be curious about well what is this going to bring me? I wonder what can happen. And that that's amazing. Go into every session going, I wonder what can happen. Exactly. You're automatically in a place of freedom and liberation that you can just experience whatever you need to in that yeah. moment. Yeah. I mean, your journey with sound has been incredible. You have this amazing life now where you get to travel and you get to see different places and different people. But before that, in your corporate life, and then obviously as a professional dancer, how would you answer the question what is leadership so leadership I I've never been a big fan of the word if I'm quite honest because to me I don't see myself as a leader because I'm no different to you but if you want to as a like a leadership role because I have been in management positions myself in the corporate world that I'm not there to tell people what to do I need to lead by example do do by example so I'm there to actually do it with you, not just you get it to do it for me. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's, that's not a very nice way of explaining it and words, Charlie. (laughs) But to me, it's like that we're doing it together. So the healing work that I'm doing right now and what I used to do when I was in the management role, it was like, okay, this is the goal. This is what we're kind of aiming for, what we need to do. So who's going to do what bit? You're better at that bit. I'm better at this bit. Let's go for this. And you do it together. And it's never a separation of, and there, there is a lot, unfortunately, if in, in all industries, I believe, um, and you could, because you could apply it to all industries, that there is a lot of 
like I'm up here and there's a hierarchy and I'm better than everyone else and you have to do this and, da, 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 and I'm just going to watch. And you can actually see the lack of motivation in staff when there are people like that in the workplace. Um, so I don't see myself separate to anybody else. I see myself as part of the team and in every capacity, whether it's my practitioners that I've got, even the ones that I'm not teaching now that I've got instructors working with me, you know, we're all working together to bring this to more people, which is awesome. Like I wish, wish I could contact everybody in the world. I wish I could bring this to everyone. I'd love nothing more. But it's a physical impossibility. I can't do that. You know, maybe there's going to be something, and I think there is going to be something that's going to propel me even further, but I can't reach everybody. So the fact that I have more people working with me really excites me because that means we're working in synergy together to reach more people, way more than I could reach in the last five years. So it's, I think, I think leadership is, uh, it's very corporate. It reminds me very much of my corporate days. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. That's why I left for hell. But um, no, it's it's definitely it's a, a team effort, if you like. That's a very very corporate word as well, in in a way. But it is. It's something that's. I'm not separate to anybody else. So why would I try and portray that and direct people in that way? You know, we're supporting support, really. Yeah. I don't know if that, if that makes sense, if I can say it any other way, really. No, it totally does. And I, I love that idea, you know, teamwork or in the space that you're now in. It's about that co-creation and understanding that that we need other people. Sure. And actually, that's what creates the domino effect. So I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, I love that that leadership for you is a very corporate word <laughs> and, and what that brings up for you. But actually, there are very, very, very different forms. And and you are one of those people leading the way in sound therapy, for sure. Thank you. It's funny when people say that I'm like, I don't feel like I've even scratched the surface yet. So people quite often, I had this conversation just the other day with somebody, they quite often say to me, well, you must be really proud of yourself. And it's like, am I? I? I guess so. But I still feel like there's so much more I want to do and need to do, you know, that so even when when you're saying that I'm kind of like am I am I leading this you know what I mean like it doesn't and that and I think that is maybe a reflection of my belief around that is that I'm not I'm not separate to anybody else it's something that I'm doing with everybody else yeah you know I love that yeah I love that (laughs) so when have you had to dive deep and what impact did that have on you oh golly um I might cry now (laughs) (laughs) any emotion is welcome on this podcast totally, I know I know um so I guess that I've already kind of very briefly touched on there was a business experience I had in the Middle East which is actually something that made me have to leave the first time that it was such an epic business experience I was franchising a company from the UK I can't mention the brand name um I was the first ever franchisee that they'd ever had and I got the whole rights for the whole of the UAE um and I was working with a lawyer I had incredible investors over here I'd found a location put a deposit down got fit out contractor quotes like I I was in it like I was you know waist deep into this this business for two years I, I was focusing on this and a year of that I'd left my corporate job and really kind of throw myself into to setting up this business. And then I had a potential third investor that um, 
that wanted to invest and didn't hear back from them. I'm a bit of a three strikes and you're out kind of thing. So I sent them three emails after the third one. I spoke to my lawyer and he was like, Charlie, you've tried. So just, just leave it how it is. They're obviously not replying and that's, that's just what it is. You've got two really good investors. Let's carry on. So I carried on and then about a month later, the brand in the UK called me um, and they said that Charlie, oh, we've just spoken to so-and-so and they say that you've, you've stolen their business plan. And I actually was on the phone and I was like, I laughed and I, I went, pardon what? And I went, oh, you're serious. You know, it was this kind of like real, like, oh my God, this is actually happening. And that was like, I'm all on my own trying to start this company up in a country that isn't my own home that you know i've got okay a most awesome lawyer that i had over here the most expensive thing that i've ever spent money on but the most the most like precious thing that i could have spent money on it was the best money i ever spent working with him because he really helped so it, it was just it was just that was a real kind of like i'm in the deep end and i've been paddling you know treading water for such a long time that I don't know now which direction this is going to go in like I either sink or swim and I, I it's a big kind of implode moment um so anyway long story short the business didn't happen but um I was living in one of the most expensive parts of the world not earning a salary I'm still paying rent living um I put invested loads of money already into the business didn't have any investment back from anybody at that point um but that was also because I was quite green. That was the first time I'd ever obviously done something like that. So it's not pointing fingers at anybody. It's definitely, I take a lot of responsibility and accountability for it. And that's when I had to leave because it didn't end up happening because uh, I managed to prove these people were wrong, uh, which I was really proud about. But I lost big respect for the brands because they were believing somebody and they were celebrities and they were saying that they'd give the celebrity what they wanted. And that just also automatically made me feel even deeper in the water because I was like, well, you know, I don't have a celebrity status. You know, that's that, that way of thinking that, you you know, they're going to do better than you because they already have a status. And it's like, wait, hold on, what? You know, they actually were telling me to step back and take a managerial role and give the celebrity what they want. I'll never forget that, that sentence. And that really was a moment of, oh, my God, what's going to happen to me? I'm, I'm really at the end of my personal finances and, like, what's going to happen? So that was a real, real point. But actually... I learned so much. I learned so, so much that I apply so much to my life now and to my own business now. Um, the big thing that I didn't learn as well, though, in that situation, I never had an exit plan. So that was also something that I felt really, you know, fish out of water because I was like, well, what am I going to do now? I invested two years of my life and money and everything into this. And now what's going to happen? And so I went back to the UK. I had to leave here because I didn't have a, I couldn't get another job. I was so depleted by that point too, though. It was, it was almost like it was a breakup, one of the worst breakups of my life, really. Um, and I have the most amazing parents that I moved back in with them. It wasn't ideal at 34, moving back in with your mum and dad, but super grateful because that's actually what put me in that mindset of, I never want to work for anyone ever again. It was something so, so profound for me that it was like, that's never, ever going to happen. And even though it was a franchise, I still would have essentially been working for somebody else. And it just never would have been the life that I really wanted and I, because of the respect that I lost them throughout that as well. But there were lots of things that I know I could have done, but I didn't know how to do because I'd never been in that situation before. But in hindsight, obviously, as a wonderful teacher, you, you start to learn the things. And those are the things that I have automatically have in place for my business now because I've been burnt with it before in previous life. So 
Um, but there's so much, there's so much that I have learned that I definitely, definitely apply now. And I'm really grateful it didn't happen. Um, it never did happen. Nobody ended up getting it and they didn't do the, the franchise at all. And yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I'm very grateful happened. It took me a while to be able to talk about it without crying for a long time because it was something that it really affected me. And even my mum and dad wanted to invest. They were going to remortgage their house to invest in me. And I'm so glad they didn't. Mm. <laughs> I would have felt so bad. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was something that was an epic, epic moment in my life for so many epic reasons. I don't regret any of it, absolutely none of it. It's not a regret, but it definitely was huge learning, huge, huge learning. And I'm a bit of a risk taker anyway. I think I've told you this before that anybody starting their own thing, I'm such an advocate for it, such a cheerleader for people doing their own thing. I, I absolutely love it. But I think that is because I, I do just jump in feet first, you know, it's, it's all or nothing with me. But yeah, yeah, that's definitely, definitely a part of my life <laughs> that I loved, but and taught me a lot, um, but I hope to never repeat. <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing that. I think, you know, that definitely, definitely was a dive deep moment. But as you say, it's taking the learning from that. And actually, probably if you hadn't have had that experience you wouldn't be where you are today doing doing what you do so so thank you of course it it was good it was good like fuel to my fire but it was I remember being exhausted like I really I've just been trying for two years to set this up and now I'm gonna create something for myself but I really channeled that that feeling of you know frustration upset I was angry you know all of that that it didn't happen and whatever else and it was kind of like I'm going to prove everybody wrong and that's how I channeled it into my own business and it it, then that dissipated of that proving people wrong it's not not about that at all it was being in that space of finally I can choose what I want to do so I can create something of what what aligns with me and what my values align with as well you know so it, it was it was amazing how it happened, but being so exhausted to then start something new, I had to I had to take that energy somehow to channel it into to something more positive, and it has it's just absolutely exploded and never looked back, and it's yeah it's been the best five years of a business life for me. Fantastic. <laughs> so when have you felt like a fish that climbed a tree? Fish that climbed a tree, so making the impossible possible. Um, I guess that, I guess that, that is because it is such a, a, a monumental thing to my life. And like I said, it was, I had such emotional attachment to it that it did feel like a breakup that how do you come back from something like that? I was a few thousand, like five figures in debt, you know, from trying to set up a business and, you know, paying all of that off in like that, because it was just that drive and determination to be debt free. And again, the age that I was, and I had that whole kind of like social, like stereotype weighing over me, because that's the environment I was in. And also, I've got to say that when I moved back to the UK in 2018, January 2018, there wasn't a lot of what I did happening there, there was, but no one was so open and outright talking about it. And there was me bowling in, bowling (laughs) bowling in, um, like super unapologetic about what I did. Even in my family, like my mum was, like I said, she taught me Reiki, but she was my first spiritual teacher. But then to say that to my dad, who's incredibly psychic, but 
doesn't believe in that way of thinking, you know, and coming in with a, something sound healing, again, that word of healing, like there is something really woo-woo and out there. And my brother and my sister and you know, everybody around me that were just like, uh, what is this? Like, you a weirdo. It was literally that viewpoint of spirituality and, and the way that I, I used to talk. And I was just so unapologetic about it that that was actually quite a big milestone for me as well. It was kind of like climbing that tree, you know, making the impossible possible and being super unapologetic. And I, I think there is that, that thing like, I remember being like, but you can't make money from being a yoga teacher. You can't make money from, from doing healing work. Like if you're a healer, you shouldn't be asking for money. And there was all these kind of beliefs around it that I was like, no, bugger that. Like I need a roof over my head. I don't want to live with my parents for the rest of my life. You know, like I need to eat. <laughs> I, I really felt like it helped me overcome that um, belief. There's a very big kind of conscious collective belief around you know, that you can't monetize your passion, but why not? There are dancers, there are singers, there are artists, there are all kinds of people that are monetizing their passion. So why couldn't I do it in a sense of healing and being able to, like you said, travel the world. I travel the world. I teach all over the world. I have done since I had my business. That was a really big factor for me. You know, it was about finding my next home base and I didn't think it would be Dubai again, but I'm back. <laughs> I'm really happy to be, but I got to explore so much of the world that I never would have if I was still in corporate, you know, or started that business that I was meant to or wanted to. So I think I think that is something like those few things and kind of like just changing the dialogue of who I am. It was a real kind of acceptance of me as I stepped into a role doing something that I wanted, you know, that I remember even playing the bowls for my brother and he laughed the whole way through. Like I had bowls on his body and he was, absolutely wetting himself and like these bowls were like moving up and down my hand and they're trying to keep the bowl in his body i was laughing my mom was laughing my dad and it was so fun but it was that i remember was such a big point for me being like this is acceptance this is acceptance of them and i'm very close to my family so that was important to me it shouldn't be that that kind of because i think it starts with you but with them accepting it it did help me accept myself and accept what i was doing and actually from that was my foundation to just go for it. And I did, and here I am five years later, getting bigger and, you know, expanding more than I ever thought I would. <laughs> and I love it, so I'm very grateful for it. Wonderful. Work hard for it, but yeah, very grateful too. Wonderful, I have this image of you as a fish sitting up high in a tree playing a Tibetan bowl. <laughs> That image will never leave me now. I really want to make that image a reality now. <laughs> uh, I'm a really good climber, so I can do that. <laughs> fantastic. I knew this conversation was going to be fascinating. And thank you for your openness and your honesty and for sharing your version of, of what is sound healing, sound therapy. If people want to find out more about you, about the courses, about your academy... What's the best way for them to get in touch? Thank you very much for having me, Mel. You know, I love you very much. And it's it's always a pleasure to, whenever we get together, I, I can talk to you until the cows come home. And I love I love what you're doing. I love what you're creating as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to be here working with you doing that. So thank you very much for having me. So in terms of the way that you can find me, um, social media, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. 
I do have Twitter, but I never really am on it. Um, but it's time with Charlie, time like the herb, T-H-Y-M-E with Charlie. You can find me social media. That's the same as my website is uh, com. And I do all kinds of things. And um, whether it's working bespoke with you to sort out a private or group session, a private group session, even corporate sessions, online, in person, anywhere in the world, I will travel. My balls travel with me everywhere. So, um, yeah, you can find me anywhere, really. We can make it happen. <laughs> Fantastic. I will put all of those links in the show notes. Thank you. For people. It just leaves me to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So enjoyed it. Me too. <laughs> what final words of wisdom would you like to leave people with today? I think stay true to you. I think that's something that I I keep my branding in myself when I stay true to myself. And be unapologetically you is a huge one, like I've already just touched on. Because when you're happy with you, everybody will be happy for you. They'll, they'll accept you. There is that level of acceptance and it helps you accept yourself, like I, like I just said. I think that's just stay true to you and just honor yourself and honor the things that you enjoy doing that you don't enjoy doing. And I think you'll never go wrong if you can do that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast with me, Mel Louisu. To help build our community of leadership listeners, please leave me an Apple podcast five-star review. Remember, our fishy adventure doesn't have to end here. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Links are in the show notes. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't.